Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. And sisters. Oh, you know, my daughter likes that. Hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> I would love if your daughter was ever caught listening to this to on, on an iPod at school. <laughs> yeah. Daddy, I was just listening to your beer show. <laughs> she's she's actually uh, quite into horses. Daddy, oh, yeah? Daddy, what's a reach around? I heard it on your show. <laughs> What's a dirty Sanchez? <laughs> you gotta Glory watch hole. out, man. Forbid her to listen to this program. Teabagging. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, those uh, are just things we do in the Brain Network studio after talk. the show. Uh, nothing, nothing unusual. <laughs> Family time. <laughs> she lo- she she loves horses. Nice. And she's into like you know. The Hey Howdy Hey is like a Disney thing. Right. You know, one of her favorite CDs. She's getting older now. She's uh, 12 years old now. And, but Perfect she, time, um, you know. I tell you, I've never seen a harder working child than that child. She, got, we, we pay for horseback riding lessons at this place. And it was like uh, 150 bucks a week for, cool. uh, for once a week, right? And she stepped up to three times a week riding these horses. Yeah, it's two fifty a week. Yeah, but she goes and she works, and they pay her like three fifty an hour, and she pretty much knocks out all the expense of this thing. Cost me like forty bucks a month. Wow, you know, because she goes and she like you know cleans stables, she uh, takes care of the horses, she you know feeds and waters them, she teaches class, she you know what? she does all this stuff. I mean, just you, you gotta imagine the number of hours you need oh, to do it, like three fifty an hour yeah. to. Uh, cover all this and she does she works her tail off that's great and she's a straight a student wow and you know she i, I tell you i'm just so she's lucky got that uh, that go get them attitude you know ah uh, she's just she loves it too you know, probably you know both my kids are just absolutely fantastic i'm just stunned you know people just like uh, you know like oh yeah how are your kids doing i'm like you know i'm not worthy yeah <laughs> these kids are it's got to be far fun. far better people than i am I mean, it's got to be fun being a dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that know, experience I, uh, alone, like, that's like half of you running around, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I worry a lot that I'm not a good enough dad, but, uh, that's a, you know. I'm sure all parents are that way, but. Well, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you people know. tell me I'm a good dad, but, you know, you know, with kids that great, 
How can you? How can you? You know? How can you live up to that? You know, they they are fantastic. They just, just love them. Yeah, yeah. I, I I try and do it. You know, and then it. I feel bad coming down here and doing the show. You know, because the kids get out of school. Bef- you know, after I I leave to come down here. Yeah. And then they get home and I'm not there. Oh, that's kind. Of, well, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. But they understand. They oh, you're doing the radio show. Oh, they support great, you. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I call them while on the road, and they're they're all cheerful, and you know, awesome. oh, you know, have a good show, and, you know, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. It's all about family, all about family, you know. You just look out AHA in about ten years, little Miss Jamil, little Miss Chef, Miss Malty, <laughs> Miss Malty. <laughs> I know, I know, riding uh, on her horseback. Yeah, I know, I know. Push has uh, Mrs. Malty dot com uh, registered. This, you, Which I thought was a brilliant move. Oh, uh, he's too nice to do anything rude to me on uh, on Mrs. Malty. <laughs> oh, that's genius! Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I should have thought of that one. Yeah, I told him as long as it doesn't uh, do anything against my family, it's fine. Yeah, I was thinking what I should do is dress up as Mrs. Malty, put on a wig and a dress, you know, bold makeup, and uh, pose for Mrs. Malty uh, photos that he could post on his site. <laughs> Uh, probably no. make people poke their eyes out, but <laughs> listenership drops by half. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, and I'm not sure our sponsor, uh, Northern Brewer, would uh, really appreciate that. Probably not. <laughs> but thank uh, you, Northern Brewer. You know, yes, actually, they're pretty pretty cool guys. I think they got a really good sense of humor up there, and uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they help they help sponsor this this show. So if you're uh, you're looking for some uh, homebrew ingredients or some equipment, uh, you know, contact them at northernbrewer.com and tell them you listen to the show. Just say, hey, you know, I'm a big fan of the yeah. Jamel show, and uh, I want to let you know I'm purchasing from you because I listen to the show, and uh, you support them, I support you. And I think a lot of times, a lot of our listeners will go ahead and buy from Northern Brewer, but sure. they, they won't let them know. So make sure you, you make a point of let them know that uh, their advertising dollar that yeah. helps uh, keep Justin in uh, uh, hookers and blow. Uh, ramen and condoms. Ron, ramen yeah. and condoms, you're yeah, right, that's... Uh, is going towards a good cause and, and, and getting people to buy. There you go. Also, uh, the AHA. Uh, they do a lot for homebrewing. Uh, recently, there's been a lot of battles in the uh, in Couple the states, right? In, in the states, yeah, there's five states that still don't allow homebrewing as legal activity, and the AHA is fighting fighting that fight daily yeah. to ensure the rights. Uh, you know, not only on the people who who haven't uh, uh, got the right to to homebrew, yeah. but uh, pre- preventing uh, intrusions upon or incursions upon your rights as a homebrewer in the states you live in. Fund the AHA. Let's keep a uh, you know uh, homebrewing legal for all of us. Uh, go to the Brewing Network store, and you can get AHA memberships there. A portion of the fee goes to the Brewing Network and helps uh, support the Brewing Network. Uh, also uh, keeps the AHA going, and uh, it'll actually make you a better brewer. They got a great magazine called Zymergy. They got Tech Talk. They got pub discounts. They got the AHA National Conference. You get discounts on the AHA competition. Isn't like a you ga- really really can't go wrong too. Yeah, there's all kinds of great, stuff. great stuff. AHA homebrew membership, uh, uh, buy it. I want, I want you to have it. Uh, if I could say just real quick, also about the legislation, uh, don't take it for granted either. If your state 
is a legal state like California is. Absolutely. California's got some weird stuff coming up right now that may change the laws for homebrewing here, and the AHA is all over that. I've, it's not even happened yet, and I, I spoke to Gary personally. They're already getting to work on it. Yeah. So even if you're one of these states, you just go, ah, well, it's fine for us. Don't ever take it for granted. It can change any day. Like I was saying, they will help protect your rights to homebrew in states where it's already legal, mm-hmm. right? Don't take it for granted, like Justin's saying. Uh, you know, it's a uh, you know, there's 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 all sorts of people out there battling against what they think is you know uh, immoral activity of you know just enjoying Cooking, yourself yeah. in your own home <laughs> and drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong, right? Enjoying yourself at home is wrong. Assholes. And you need you, well, you know, people who are passionate about what they believe. But uh, you need somebody out there fighting for your rights, and it really requires lobbyists. And, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of funding the HA, the, the, the Brewers Association, the craft brewers of, of the Brewers Association, that really helps uh, fund that thing. So, uh, you know, don't want to get off on a soapbox too much, but I think uh, that really is important. Well, to touch on the Justin's point a little bit, there is actually now a uh, an alert out that home winemaking is being threatened as against the law, like there won't be any home winemaking competitions in California. California, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be f- surprised if that's stemming onto that a little bit. And you I'm know? sure the AHA will will dive in there yeah. and and fight for the rights of anybody who is uh, doing that. So the only way way the AHA can do it is if you help fund their efforts and become a member. Uh, go to the Brewing Network store, sign up for a membership. It's uh, thirty nine dollars a year. And really, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to help you. You can use the pub discount program. Most most places where you live, you can, you know, pay for your own membership. And it really will, uh, you know, help you. It helps others. It really is part of the community and uh, great stuff. And, uh, you know, well done. And I think one of the reasons I'm kind of in this, this mood for this is that, um, you know, we're, we're doing Baltic Porter. And uh, I got go. my, my Zex porter recipe which uh, my uh, folks uh, or my uh, my grandparents uh, you yeah. know back my people come from uh, russia before the uh, communists took power okay and uh when the communists took power they didn't like people who had like you know farms and uh, grew stuff cuz cuz they really were you know fairly wealthy and uh, you know being uh, you know farmers and stuff and they went out and they slaughtered you know Millions of these folks, and uh, my my uh, grandfather on my mother's side, she he uh, ended up uh, his entire family uh, got killed, and he escaped. He rode a horse across Siberia into China and, wow. and escaped. And uh, you know he was uh, you know a mountain of a man. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, you know, I'm literally a mountain yeah, no, of a man. Yeah. Make McDole look like a little little munchkin. Yeah. And he uh, he decided that he was going to fight back against the communists, uh, oh, the Soviet wow. communists. And he uh, he founded schools. He actually printed his own encyclopedia. He uh, and he he actually made a deal with the Japanese at one point, and went back into China. And he was working to to fight the Soviets, the <laughs> communists. And and the reason he made the deal with the Japanese is really. Japanese did horrible things in in China against the Chinese people, but uh, you know he saw it as a as a as a way to fight the communists. Well, they they ended up snagging him out of China, and uh, 
and he ended up in the gulag. And the gulag is, a, you know, you talk about uh, your, your slave prisons and things like this and, and just the uh, horrible, horrible uh, conditions uh, killed many people. He actually, you know, this mountain of a man yeah. got whittled down in uh, about 30 years of the gulag. He actually survived. He was oh, that, wow. tough a, that tough a dude. He got whittled down uh, by about uh, two or 300 pounds to, uh, you know, a fragment of his former self. And they actually released him in, uh, I think it was about uh, 1974, 1975. Wow. So from 45 to uh, uh, 75 in the gulag. And uh, he was just, uh, you know, a fragile little frail hulk of a, what, it, what he used to be. And uh, a lot of his students, he was uh, brought up in the in the monk uh, monasteries, actually. He was like a, you know, a scholar. And yeah. all but uh, a lot of his students... Uh, wanted to kind of restore him to his former health, so they were feeding him all these rich, fatty foods. He ended up having a stroke and dying. Oh, no. He died outside the gulag, which is a good thing, but, uh, you know, the gulag pretty much killed him. Yeah. And, uh... But he survived, though. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, he 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 outlasted the gulag. Yeah. (laughs) It's an amazing thing, and, uh, you know, it whittled a mountain of a man down to, uh, you know, uh, just a, a little tiny, tiny shell. And uh, anyway, it's just the, the, the name of this recipe is uh, uh, Zek's uh, Porter. And a Zek was uh, considered, it was like a colloquialism for uh, uh, an inmate of the, the gulag. Mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, they, they rounded up anybody who didn't, uh, you know, follow, march in step with, uh, you know, the communists and uh, put them in slave labor camps, wow. essentially. And it was uh, millions of people across uh, the gulag was like... Uh, Prisons dotting like islands across a gulag archipelago, uh, uh, Solzhenitsyn uh, with his, his uh, you know, it's uh, like islands in a chain across uh, all the uh, uh, Russia. And uh, they, it, it just drained and killed people. Wow. And just just brutal, horrible. And then uh, actually uh, not too long ago they came across, uh, you know, burial sites of uh, you know, 100,000 uh, bodies, you know, from the uh, the Tatars, which is uh, the people I come from, right. that were, you know, killed when the uh, communists uh, came to power and started just murdering people and starving them out. They took everything they had and left them to, you know, starve to death, uh, you know, eating, uh, you know, eating right. rocks. Yeah. So uh, it's something I'm passionate about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, you know, I'm passionate about uh, you know the HA. I'm passionate about home brewing. I'm Family. passionate about you know all these uh, uh, people that you know. I look at the home brewing community kind of yeah. along you know you know a brotherhood, a sisterhood, sure. you know a, you know a kinship. And I think if we all support each other, and uh, you know through the HA, through you know supporting uh, you know people who support us like the you know Northern Brewer. You know, all that stuff, uh, we all work together. Uh, you know, we, we don't let uh, bad things happen. I, 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 I don't want to equate, uh, <laughs> you know, le- the legalization of homebrew with, you know, the uh, millions of people that died under, you know, the uh, Soviet communists. But, uh, you know, I see some yeah. parallels sometimes. I see, uh, you know, people... Freedom. You know, yeah. f- fighting against our freedoms. Yeah. Just, just to, you know, not, not to cause any trouble, but just to enjoy ourselves. That's in our own homes, in our backyards, uh, you know, With your family. sometimes you yeah. need to stand up and, uh, you know, uh, make a fight. And, uh, you know, uh, some people get lost in the, in the, uh, the, uh, the, the tussle. And, yeah. But, uh, again, ah, I'm getting a little too maudlin here, I think. No, it's good. Yeah. 
But, I think uh, it's uh, it's good for the listeners to get yeah, another side of you. So. Absolutely. Well, and you and know, it's important. You know, I, you know when I when I say go and uh, support the Brewing Network, go and support uh, you know Northern Brewing, go and support uh, you know HA. I'm serious. I'm not. I'm not screwing around here. Yeah. I'm not. You know. I. You know. Dollars are not falling into my pocket <laughs> from this. I'm serious. Yeah. I emotionally believe this. This yeah. is my core beliefs, and I think it really will help you as well. And uh, otherwise, I wouldn't say it. Right. Uh, <laughs> a dollar just fell into my pocket. <laughs> there it is. Out uh, of the I sky. Think I, I think I'm going to keep that dollar. Right <laughs> there. There we go. My first dollar earned at the Brewing Network. All right. All right. I think. Okay. Deserves a frame. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm getting a little too 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 strange here. No, uh, John, why don't you uh, give us a, a rundown on Paul Porter, which is what we're covering? Well, this is um, quite a unique style, and I think it's definitely a cross between styles. And I don't know if your recipe can kind of show that later, but we'll get into that later. But a Baltic Porter has a uh, a very complex aroma um, from its ester aromas like plums, prunes, raisins, cherries. And sometimes may even have port-like qualities. Um, also, a, a rich malty sweetness like caramel, toffee, and toasty flavors come through as well. So on top of all that, you just got to imagine that now you've got, you get to taste this after smelling this. So visually, this beer ranges from a dark reddish copper to dark brown, and never truly is black. So just because in the porter category doesn't mean it's black. Uh, the flavors of a Baltic porter are a complex blend of esters, malt, and alcohol flavors. There should be a smooth, lager-like quality uh, that fills the palate with a malty goodness. And I emphasize maltiness. Uh, the finish should be a, you know, a touch dry with hints of roastiness, but it's never burnt. You don't want an astringency coming through. And overall, this beer is very complex. It ages well. And just imagine drinking basically a brown porter crossed with a short spear with that lager-like quality, and that's your Baltic Porter. And I think overall that beer just sounds really, really good. So that's well, here. Uh, I, I think you uh, bring up good points. Uh, the So you have a lot of that uh, rich uh, roastiness and, uh, you know, a lot of those, uh, you know, fig-like ex- esters and stuff like that. But it's actually, um, you know, one, one of the important things is uh you know brown porter shorts like uh you know there's no highly burnt or acrid notes to this right and and i think uh you know that's that's an important takeaway the other thing is uh usually there's a cooler fermentation and uh, or you know like a, a lager yeast or an ale yeast at a cooler temperature so the the esters are fairly restrained it's it's uh you know not high you know if you think of uh uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Okay, that has um, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, more ester profile and more acrid notes, mm-hmm. and uh, Balta Porter won't have that. Okay, right, and you know, imagine the uh, you know Russian Imperial Stout without those. And I think there's uh, a relationship between Russian Imperial Stout, uh, favorite of the czars. Right, mm, right. There you go. Along, yeah. with, oh my God. Uh, you know, Baltic Porter, and <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you know, Russian Imperial Stout was really you know uh, Stout Porter, mm. you know, taken over to Russia, you know, brewed, you know, and then over time things have kind of mellowed out, and I think there's a relationship there. It all kind of I think crossed. Yeah, I don't think right. you know somebody said, oh well, we're going to brew a Baltic Porter. You know, yeah. it's like uh, maybe it's a cross between a, a Robust Porter and a Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, 
uh, you know, something along those lines, but in, you know, the Baltic countries. So I'm not sure exactly what the history is, but... Um, well, you, you t- well, people say they know what the history is, but I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's related to Russian imperial stout. Yeah, I think you just touched upon a really, really interesting point is how the environment can affect the beer that is made. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you think colder about, temperatures, colder yeah. temperatures, you're going to lager more, yeah. you know, your yeah. West Coast IPAs, you know, think about how much hop dominance are on the West Coast here. Right. right. You know, I don't, I mean, and no, if you think no. about how much a region plays in the competition too. That's an excellent point. So Jeff. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. No, you're, With you're, the Baltic Porter, I mean, I could see kind of that climate being across from those two mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. regions. So that's an excellent point. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that makes a, makes a big difference. In uh, the resulting beer. Now, is this and, beer a beer that you brew to age, or is it a beer you brew to drink right away? You brew to age. Uh, you lager, and you know, okay. I, th- I think that that helps uh, mellow out some of the acrid notes and things like that. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll we'll get into the recipe, right? And yeah. Uh, well, yeah. All right. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> oh, crap! It's the hop shortage! He's in the basement! Oh, please! My triple-decocted Imperial Pilsner! It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage! Damn it to hell! Boss is lost. Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbock! Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something malty. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the cool blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm Mm-hmm. Now get brewing! Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. White Labs is a leader in pure yeast and fermentation services, serving the beer, wine, and distilling industries from worldwide producers for more than a decade. White Labs has three all-new vials for you to pitch this year, home brewers, so fire up your kettles, fill up your fermenters, and get ready for Cry Havoc, the signature yeast strain from Charlie Papazian. This yeast can ferment both ales and lagers and is great for bottle conditioning, too. Second, a cream ale blend of ale and lager yeast strains. This blend creates a clean, 
clean, crisp, light American lager-style ale. Last, a Belgian-style Saison ale yeast blend. This blend melds Belgian-style ale yeast and Saison strains to create complex, fruity aromas and flavors. Get complete fermentation quickly with this blend's spicy, earthy, and clove-like flavors. White Labs, your brewing partner for great yeast. These new strains are available now for home brewers, breweries, and homebrew shops everywhere. White Labs, it's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's so easy. Just throw it together. Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Yeah. A beer of my people. <laughs> the beer of my people. Beer of my people. Actually, yeah, I guess vodka is of my people, but uh, Baltic Porter, that's fine too. That works. <laughs> so, was your name changed when your family immigrated over here? Or that or yes. Well, how, how absolutely uh, perceptive of you. So, it went from Zek to Zanishev? No, uh, oh, Zek okay. is uh, like a name of like a, a, a prisoner in the gulag. Oh, that's sorry. Uh, yeah, col- right. Colloquialism. Okay. Uh, but uh, the family name was Zainash. Zainash, okay. And then it was changed to Zainashev in order to uh, make it sound more Russian. Hmm. And to kind of like, you know, Separating. hide from it. It'd be like, uh, you know, uh, you know... No, I'd be really rude to don't say what it. I was thinking. Don't do it. Actually, <laughs> do it. Okay. Oh, no, no. I, I'm just like, I, I've been a, a fan of Howard Stern's in the past. Calls himself uh, Kiki Kikerson. <laughs> Only Justin gets that. I don't understand that. <laughs> Kiki Kikerson. Oh, I can lose. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. We'll and, and you know, you would modify that to uh, you know something else. But sure, uh, no, if you're a hard surfing, you would understand that. Uh, no, um, but uh, you know, the the name was changed, and like a lot of people had to change their names. Uh, you know, um, just uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of horror mm-hmm. in in the world, and and uh, uh, you know, the Jewish people and uh, Nazi. Uh, Nazis killing them, and you know, I, it's also happened to the uh, uh, a lot of people in in, in uh, Soviet Russia. Yeah, it happened here in the millions, United States, I and mean, they ended up killing uh, five million uh, Tatars in Russia. Wow, you know, which uh, my people were, uh, you know, that now we're down to like you know half a million. <laughs> wow. So it uh, really, really finished finished them off pretty much. So <laughs> when you when you go, I, I, oh, I say, yeah, I'm a Tatar, and they go. Tatar? What the really? hell is Tatar? Like, yeah. uh, you mean steak, tar? to, steak Tatar? <laughs> like, yeah, steak Tatar, like raw meat. Raw, yeah. <laughs> under the saddle and beaten. Yeah, that's that's me. That's me. They go, really? Tatar sauce? <laughs> I'm like, that's tartar sauce. That's different. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. And 
Snake Tatar. Snake Tatar. That's wow. my people right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, known as known as raping and pillaging people that uh, yeah wow. took over most of Europe. Yeah, you betcha. Okay. Most of the uh, <laughs> you betcha most of that part of the world. Yeah, you, you cross me, I rape and pillage. Wow. There yeah, yeah. I don't want to cross you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll let you brew. Yeah. <laughs> Bohica. Bohica. Yeah. Baltica. <laughs> Bohica. Okay. Bohica. That's that's my battle cry now, Bohica. Bohica. <laughs> tasty, tasty McShad know what I'm talking about. Bohica, baby. Bohica. All right, so uh, Zex Porter. Uh, original gravity, 1089. So it's a pretty big beer. Final gravity is going to be 1018. You need some attenuation on this, and uh, lager yeast tends to attenuate more than uh, most of the ale yeast. And, and the reason it, part of the reason it does is it doesn't flocculate as well. A lot of people think flocculation means dropping to the bottom. Flocculation actually means clumping together. So ale yeasts clump together or more flocculent. They mm-hmm. clump together better, <laughs> and they rise to the top of the fermenter. With the, the CO2 catches them and, and rises them to the top. Uh, lager yeasts don't flocculate as well, so they stay in suspension, and they tend to uh, do a little bit better on the, on the attenuation, and then they drop to the bottom. It's good enough. Yeah. Uh, so you need about 78% of attenuation, uh, 38 IBUs. Uh, this is, uh, you know, a beer with a little bit of sweetness. Okay, only mm-hmm. 38 IBUs, so we're not really going to balance it with a lot of bittering like we do a uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, 28 SRM, fairly dark beer, alcohol, 9.4% ABV. Wow. Nice big beer. Now, you don't want this hot and alcoholic. No. You know, nice, cool fermentation, big pitch of yeast. That's going to give you, uh, you know, restrained uh, fusel alcohols. So going to do a good job there. As far as uh, extract brewers, you're going to go with uh, a Munich liquid malt extract. Uh, there's a, a, a couple of suppliers, and, uh, you know, one of the, probably the best is the Weirman. Uh I think they call it Bavarian Dunkel or some some weird name for it. Uh, Horst Dernbusch was telling me, oh, you know, the name doesn't match what the, the beer style is. <laughs> but uh, they have 100% Munich uh, malt extract, 8.9 pounds, uh, 4 kilograms, and Pilsner extract, you can use 5.3 pounds or 2.4 kilograms. And that's going to be your, your main base uh, malt there. If you're an uh, all-grain brewer, you're going to use uh, uh, 7 pounds of a continental Pilsner malt, 3.17 kilograms. And uh, for the Munich extract, you replace it with 12 pounds or 5.44 kilograms of Munich malt. You mash at 150 degrees Fahrenheit, 66 degrees C. Uh, your other grains that you're going to make in your in your grain bill there would be uh, either steeping grains or part of your your mash uh, if you're an all grain brewer. Uh, Crystal sixty, a half pound or two twenty seven grams. Uh, Special B, one hundred twenty love bond or uh, a half pound, two twenty seven grams. Graph a Special two, four hundred thirty love bond, six ounces, one hundred seventy grams. And chocolate malt, three hundred fifty love bond. A quarter pound or 113 grams. Hmm. So the the craft of special two. Well, that's the not the dehusk. That's the dehusk. That is the dehusk. Yeah. Okay. That's just to color it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, because the chocolate malt won't uh, give give you quite enough color, and uh, if you if you did use enough uh, chocolate malt, roast malt, something like that, you're gonna get kind of an acrid, mm-hmm. uh, burnt kind of character, and it's gonna be more like a robust porter. So you would are more like a uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. 
But you would go with Kraft over like a chocolate or a roasted barley or black pat. Definitely. And and the Kraft is special. Uh, dehusk, so you don't quite get that roasty, acrid type of, type of burnt thing, which is something you need to avoid in this style. Is there still a little bit? That comes through in the style? Yeah, Maybe. a little bit. You, you're mainly going with the chocolate malt is, is giving you kind of that roasting, and you're only going a quarter pound. Okay. <laughs> so it's really, you know, avoiding, uh, like you are saying, uh, brown porter, Schwartz beer. Brown right. porter doesn't have any real intense roastiness. Mm-mm. It's kind of, you know, burnt. chocolate, chocolatey, right? right. Uh, Schwartz beer, again, no roastiness. Right. Right? Same thing here. Uh, we we go with a little quarter pound of the chocolate, uh, 113 grams, just to give a slight hint of the ch- the the roastiness. Sure, but otherwise you don't want it at all. Okay, right? You want a sweet, rich, dark, yeah. you know, uh, uh, beer. I was really surprised that you mashed down to 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, it's such a big beer. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. It's such a big beer. That um, if you mash at a higher temperature, it's going to become too thick, too heavy. Okay. Right? You need drinkability. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 150, if that doesn't do it, you know, go down to 148, uh, you know, Fahrenheit, uh, uh, you know, enough to to get it to thin out enough that you can, uh, you know, drink a a full pint of this. Okay. (laughs) Any of these shows that we do, if you can't drink a full pint of the beer, you got it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. There's probably something wrong in the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you don't drink the first pint and go, yeah, I, I need a couple more pints of that, right. then you got it wrong. That's usually a good sign, too. Yeah. If you go back two or three times, you made a good beer. Exactly. I mean, no. if you did that, yeah. maybe that's worth entering. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and here's the thing. If any beer you brew... You know, uh, even if you think it's not worth entering, it is worth entering because uh, you can get some objective feedback on, uh, you know, what might uh, what you might have done wrong. And it's very hard to be objective about your own beers. So I suggest entering competitions. If you're listening to this show right now, and uh, you know, in the next month, once you download it, there's a competition coming up. That's an excellent competition. It is the uh, 21st annual Southern California Home- Regional Homebrew Championship. Hopheads.com, or you can find it also on the Brewing Network site. Entry deadline June 14th, and the cost per entry is all very low, five dollars per entry. Yeah, that's. And, uh, you know, they got excellent judging down there. The organizers really know what they're doing. And, uh, I think, you know, enter, enter into the brewing network, you know, show, show the support, you know, make sure uh, they know that, uh, you heard about it here. But, uh, I think this is an excellent opportunity for you to get feedback on your beers. If you think a beer is like, well, you know, I like this. Nobody else likes this. Go ahead and enter it. Yeah, do it. You know, get some objective, uh, feedback. If, if you've, if you're like me, you know, you had everybody in your neighborhood saying, well, you know, it's great beer. Oh, it's excellent. Every time I thought it was an, uh, a horrible beer, they still said, oh, it's great beer. It's great beer. So I realized they really didn't know what they're talking about and they're just telling me what they thought I wanted to hear. Right. That's the problem is pretty much everyone's going to tell you what they think you want to hear. All your friends and family are going to say, well, I love you. Yeah. So I love your, your beer, beer is great. Yeah. You know, it doesn't taste like shit. Yeah. It, it tastes great. So. The important thing is uh, uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, get into a competition like this uh, uh, Southern California Regional Homebrew uh, Championship. Again, hop, uh, hopheads.com or uh, the Brewing Network, 
uh, com. You can you can find out more about that. You can list your own club if you're already in a club, and you can list the Brewing Network. But uh, you know, go ahead and list both. Make sure you you, you get the Brewing Network in there. Let, let them know that you're a listener and and that you support uh, what we're doing here. Uh, you know, there's no real money being derived from it, but no. you know, come on, let's uh, let's support each other and uh, and appreciate what we're doing. Exactly. So, uh, how did I get sidetracked on that? I you don't said, know, but you're on a roll, buddy. Ah, I, I I'm, am. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm just. I love being here. I love doing the go. show. I love sitting here with you. Go. I got. I and I realized when I went to take a pee, I got like you know three people that I would. Uh, <laughs> sorry, just I got three people that I would drink anything they handed to me. I mean, if you, John, if you handed me a beer, whatever it was, I would just drink it and assume it was going to be great. Okay. Tasty. Same thing. You know, Tasty could actually go and pee in a glass in front of me he has. And, then, and then hand it to me and say, no, I brewed this. It's really excellent. You ought to drink it. And I'd still drink it. Even after seeing him urinate in the glass, I'd be like, well, I must be confused because, you know, he could actually pee in the glass in front of me. Ah, I'd take that. And uh, and and McChad here. Damn, that, guy, that, that, Look that, out. that boy knows what he's doing, too. Yeah. Any of you guys, uh, you know, so I, I feel very lucky. And then Justin... I love Justin, and so it has nothing to do with beer. <laughs> but you know, Justin's a great guy. All right, so uh, on the hops on this beer, uh, you can use the Polish uh, Lublin hops, three and a half percent alpha acid, sixty minutes. You're going to use a two point nine percent or two point nine ounce, uh, eighty two gram uh, edition, and uh, a, an edition at fifteen minutes, one ounce or twenty eight grams, same hop. Uh, total IBUs is going to be out 38 IBUs using the regular formula with uh, pellet hops. Feel free to substitute Saz or uh, Halitau or you know any uh, any of those uh, classic hops uh, is, is going to be fine. Uh, the Polish Lublin is really uh, you know probably probably traditional or you know there, there's a lot of options there. That's a unique hop that I've seen that a lot in your book. Mm-hmm. I mean, Morbier doesn't care, but um, why did you choose that hop over others? Again, uh, regional differences. So when you're when you're brewing a beer that is uh, really distinct to a region, uh, if okay. you're brewing a you know an American style beer, you know there are certain hops that are are unique to American beers. You know the citrusy hops. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'd use those. If you're brewing a beer that's uh, uh, traditional of of Britain. You're going to use, uh, you know, any of those English-British hops. If you're doing something that's German, uh, you know, German hops. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just kind of fits along with the style, and, hmm. you know, the tradition of the area. And I think you can get away with uh, a lot of flexibility. I think there is a lot of flexibility in uh Well, your beer is pretty firmly bittered. I mean, 38 IBUs. I mean, uh, for, for that big a beer, I don't know. But I mean, if despite let's say we're not talking about Baltic Porter, if yeah. any if any home brewer is going to brew a high gravity beer, right. you definitely probably have to up up your IBUs just to complement yeah, that yeah. gravity. Right? If you were doing a uh, Russian Imperial Stout, for example, if you do uh, uh, Mike Riddle uh, brews, you know, fabulous Russian Imperial Stouts, also in the book his recipe, uh, you know, he'll have like a hundred IBUs in a in a in a one point one gravity beer. Wow. You know, this he, is 1089. It's not that far from 1.1. That's true. Yeah. That's 38 IBUs. If you make a Russian Imperial Stout, you know, uh, along what I do, you know, you're close to that, but you're, you know, in the 70, 80 IBU range. 
Okay. So 38 IBUs is actually a little low. That's uh, you need to attenuate enough so it doesn't end up way too sweet. Okay. Okay. And so you you got quite a bit of attenuation. It it, it just finishes fairly dry. You don't want to over over uh, bitter it. Okay. And so uh, Ray Daniels has a great thing about uh, bittering to gravity ratios. Mm-hmm. And the only problem with that measure, well, I use that measure a lot, especially if uh, if you read uh, Brew Your Own magazine. I, I do the style profile column. I always mention the brewing, uh, the uh, bitterness to gravity ratio. Sure. And uh, if you're not a BYO subscriber, you go to the Brew Network store and you know, sign up for BYO. BYO gets a cut, or you know, Brew Network gets a cut, and you get a great magazine. Sure. Um, the only problem with that uh, ratio is that it doesn't take into account. Uh, the finishing gravity, hmm. which is uh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is one thing uh, I think I think uh, Mike McDowell brought this up for me, and and really made me think about it the first time. It's like you know, finishing gravity makes a big difference in that that ratio, and you know, different yeast, different attenuation, different grain bills, different attenuation, and if you uh, if you don't uh, you know pay attention to that. Yeah, your grav, your your bittering could be you know, completely off as well. I mean, now, wow, you you open up a whole nother <laughs> what the effects of yeast and in the style of Baltic Porter. I mean, why would you use an ale yeast over a lager yeast with this style? And is it really truly a Baltic Porter using an ale yeast? Can you ferment an ale yeast colder with this? Will that affect? Will that fruity ester yeah. from an ale yeast affect the bitterness in the style? See, will the lager yeast? This is why dry you're out? sitting in the chair next to me. Okay, you know? those are those are excellent questions. I think, um, you know, after being at Sierra Nevada and seeing them ferment a lager with uh, their ale yeast strain, and I was convinced it was some lager yeast strain they were using. Really, you know, it was so sulfury and all this. I'm like, oh yeah, what, what lager yeast do you use? And they're like, oh no, that's our ale yeast. At uh, you know uh, fifty three degrees Fahrenheit, I'm like wow, yeah, just stunning. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of overlap there. I I prefer for this style. I prefer to use uh, either the uh, uh, White Labs uh, WLP eight eight five Zurich Lager is probably my premium choice. It handles uh, a lot of alcohol. It's uh, uh, you know it, it, it's it's a good. Uh, uh, high gravity uh, lager yeast. Is that a platinum strain? I don't know. I think, uh, it, I think it might be a platinum strain. It might be. If, but if White you, Labs. If you can't get that, you can go with uh, Y yeast 2206 Bavarian lager or the White Labs uh, WLP 830 German lager. And, and either of those will work work fine. Uh, the Zurich lager is probably my, my top choice on this, though. The 885 uh, Y yeast. I don't think... Uh, or White Labs. I don't think Y East has a an equivalent for that. Okay. Uh, at least at this time, you know, yeah, things change. Sure. Uh, you know, both both of those yeast companies are fantastic, oh, and they're very. Uh, we're very thankful that they're around. Creative <laughs> and making sure that uh, people have uh, such a variety. Your head swims. Yeah. If you gotta use uh, dry yeast, the Fermentis uh, Soft Lager S twenty three is actually a pretty good choice. I I heard that's pretty sulfury too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you don't want sulfury, uh, but you don't want too fruity. If you're using the dry yeast, I would go a little warmer on the fermentation temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, using the uh, the high quality liquid yeast from White Labs and Y yeast, I'd ferment at about 53 degrees Fahrenheit, a little warmer than I usually do a, a lager, 12 degrees C, and 
if you're using dry yeast, I might go five degrees higher than that, maybe 58 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So that hotter ferment probably scrubs some of that sulfur notes. Yeah. You know, those dry yeasts tend to be excessively sulfury, even, so in, heat it up. even in the uh, ale yeasts. Okay. So you want a real active fermentation because they get that sulfury, doughy yeah. kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the uh, dry lager yeast. I, I mean, there's so many people in the world that can't get the liquid yeast that we're blessed with here in mm-hmm. the United States. Fresh, um, you know, go go ahead and use the dry yeasts. Uh, absolutely, it's it's not that bad. Okay, but uh, you know, like I'm saying, there's there's a difference and. Uh, there's a reason why we'll, we'll pay $6 a package for uh, yeah. liquid yeast because it's good. Yeah, you know, you're really good. you know, your your whole entire beer is 35 40 bucks. Yeah. You know, the 6 bucks is well worth it versus the the dollar of uh, dry yeast. So, uh really really can't go wrong there. All right. Uh we'll take a break and when we come back, we will get into uh questions from the chat room. We'll be right back. After this. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Frecci and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper Wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. 
Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess, the The more beer beer deal deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. This is www.thebrewingsnetwork.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. <laughs> I just see my tank top, my American flag, and blue jeans, and I'm set. <laughs> Dead sirs. And your banana hammock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, oh, yes, yes. No. So, guys, you kind of threw me for a little whirl here uh-huh. before uh-huh. the break. Um, in the last two shows, you've um, mentioned yeast strains that you haven't mentioned in the last, like, two years. And my question to you is... I mean, you've released a book that have all these ingredients and quantities and ratios, great IBUs, great. But you're specifying a certain yeast strain Mm -hmm. per style to um, definitely contribute a huge amount of flavor. Right. And, well, I mean, why, why? And can you explain and elaborate a little bit more? I mean, just the importance of a yeast strain based on a certain style. Well, um, the the interesting thing about uh, the various yeast styles, so uh, you you can uh, try to you know a lot of people say, oh, you know, just use this yeast style. Yeah, there's stuff in the forums. You know, if you, if you get a chance to get yourself to the uh, BrewingNetwork.com forums. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good information in there, and, and people ask questions, and, and every once in a while I see people say, well, I don't have this yeast, or I don't have that grain, or whatever. And I think, you know, if if you don't have the grain, that's a much more forgiving thing than not having the yeast. Okay. Hmm. Now, the caveat to that is, you know, you can make the different yeasts perform in different ways. The temperature you ferment at, the nutrition that's available to the yeast, namely uh, zinc, oxygen, free amino nitrogen, uh, things like that, all affect uh, you know the flavors that the yeast is going to provide. <laughs> so you can take a uh, you know, for example, EJ Fair. They'll use uh, the OO2, and then they'll ferment it cool and get a cleaner beer. They'll ferment it warmer, and you know, they'll, they'll try all sorts of different things. You can uh, you can do that, but in the end, if you were to take you know the yeast that's suggested in the book and try and match uh, the profile using some other yeast, using some tricks to make it behave the way you want. Uh, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, 
uh, you know, brew pubs or breweries will use, you know, one yeast for a variety of styles and they'll go through these tricks is really because they don't want to manage different yeasts. You know, maintaining yeast health, avoiding cross-contamination, right. things like that. It's really very time-consuming and difficult. They could do it. Costs money, it's too. It's just, yeah, it costs yeah. a lot of money. They're going to have to raise the price of your six-pack by yeah. a dollar. Do you really want to pay that extra dollar? They think no, so they're going right. to go ahead and, you know, that you're not going to really appreciate it. So they're going to give you, you know, what you want at a, you know, they're going to give you an excellent product at a reasonable price. They could do it, but, uh, you know, again... Uh, you know, it's something that they, they choose that the consumer doesn't really want. Okay. As a home brewer, you have the opportunity to go ahead and buy, uh, you know, a new package of Y Yeast or White Labs and, uh, you know, do the, the best that you can. And, uh, there is a difference. All those strains, you know, these companies don't have, uh, maintain these strains, which is a lot of, uh, expense and effort on their part mm-hmm. just for, for grins. You know, they do it because, yeah, there's a difference. Right. Wow. Okay. Did I lose track of the question? No, 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 no. All right. That's all I had. I mean, that's all I have to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That's really good info. That's that's an excellent question. Hmm. All right. So, uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons we use a lager yeast on this, they tend to attenuate more on this uh, Baltimore style, and uh, they tend to be a little cleaner, a little less estery. We do go for a little warmer fermentation temp to uh, provide a little more esters, but it's kind of a balancing act. And, uh, uh, again, you want this on the cleaner side. You want some, uh, you know, when they talk about the fig and the dark fruit notes, Mm -hmm. really those come from uh, the alcohols oxidizing and combining with uh, a lot of the malt notes, and that's what gives you that versus just out-and-out hot fermentation temperatures. Right. So definitely if it was in the bottle and aging. Yes. Six months from now, nine months from now. Right, right, right. This Mm. is something you lager for for a good period of time. Okay. Turns Turns out quite well. I mean, how long do you ferment this beer? Eight weeks. Oh, that, that's that's another thing. Uh, you know, we were talking about. Uh, you know, if you if you really have you know great yeast health, you know what you're doing. You're really on top of this. Yeah, maybe you can crank this out in uh, you know ten days, two weeks. But don't rush it. You know, the the yeast know what they're doing, and if it's going to take them six weeks, eight weeks to do this, uh, you know, I've had this beer where it was done in two weeks, and it really was, you know, well done. It was perfect. I've had times when, you know, at two weeks it wasn't quite right, at three weeks it wasn't quite right, at four weeks it wasn't quite right, wow. and then I kind of gave up and, you know, waited eight weeks, and then it was it was perfect. Okay. So there's there's really, you know, at, at, at lager temperatures, lager fermentation temperatures, there's really no reason to rush this. Okay. Uh, you know, take your time, let it settle, let it improve, and, uh, you know, it, it'll be ready to go, uh, you know, by week uh, six or eight. Okay. Yeah, not not a big deal. Well, I assume you've, um, knowing you and Mr. Malty and your pitch rate calculator and everything, and all the, you've got your, your fermentation, your yeast still counts down to a T. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you brewed this once and it was done in three weeks. You did the same amount of time, same starter volume. You brewed it six months later, a fresh vial of yeast, but it took four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, my, I'm just kind of kind of asking you a question about does the viability of yeast cells change from the distributor and if so does that 
allow the homebrewer to kind of adapt and have to be able to adapt to that change? Yeah, they they can. Um, in my case, usually by the time uh, I'll brew a few other beers before I get to this beer, and I'll repitch my yeast. Uh-huh. So I'll start out with maybe a, uh, a Munich Hellas or something that's my favorite, uh, you know, lower gravity uh, lager beer, and uh, you know everybody drinks that. So I'll start with that, and then I'll repitch. Oh, okay. So you know, part of that that problem might be mine. Sure. So, but you have uh, healthier yeast now in your next right, pitch. Right, And, okay. you know, how you treat it and all the the things that happen to it are, are going to affect uh, how it goes. I think, uh, you know, something like, uh, you know, McChad, he, uh, you know, he, he goes, you know, from the vials into a, a big starter and he may step up that starter and then, you know, he goes right, right, right for the, uh, goes for the throat at yeah. that point. Yeah. And does an excellent job. I mean, he, he gets fermentation like you wouldn't believe, attenuation. Mm-hmm. You know, all his beers finished just right. Well, I think it's great that the last three months, when I've come to do the show with you, on the, the table in the kitchen, there's always a starter going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's classic. Going, yeah. It's just like, yeah. it's like the sphere. It's like the central point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and that's what it's all about. It's a, it's about that yeast and fermentation. Yeah. It really makes a big difference. Really important. All right. We got any questions from the chat room? We do. We got a few good questions. A lot of people have been hanging out tonight, having some fun in there. And uh, good question here because uh, you mentioned using a lager yeast with this beer, but with your robust uh, porter, you use an ale yeast. So the person just right. wants to know how important it is to use um, a lager yeast with this. I think it's really important. Uh, you, you could probably get away with the uh, 001, uh, 1056 on the uh, robust porter. You could probably use that for this at a lower temperature. After after my experience at uh, Sierra Nevada, I think you could go ahead and do that probably at the same temperature, 53 degrees Fahrenheit. But, um, you know, for me, I haven't had great success at that. You know, the people at Sierra Nevada are, are true brewing scientists and uh, amazing people. And so I think maybe they get away with it, and I couldn't. Uh, give it a try, but... Uh, yeah, you might want to split your wort and uh, pitch the lager yeast instead. Okay. And then kind of along the same note, uh, I don't know if you've had any experience with uh, Charlie's Cry Havoc strain that's with... Right, I, I haven't. Okay. Because I had asked about that because that could be fermented cold or warm. That's sort of the claim to fame for that yeast. And you know, I I love Charlie, and I think we wouldn't be, you know, in the position we're at right now with without him mm-hmm. and all he's done um but i kind of got to question that strain and all the claims made against it because you could take pretty much any yeast and do a similar thing with that hmm. again take 001 or 1056 and you can ferment it at 53 degrees and get a lager type beer or 50 degrees get a lager type beer you can ferment it uh, you know, at 65 to 68 and get, uh, you know, a clean ale and you could probably jack the thing up and temperature wise and get something fruity and, you know, it's amazing yeast. And, mm. uh, you know, so I think that would work. Um, you know, some of the reports I've seen on that yeast make me feel like it's almost like the soft lager yeast where if you ferment it too cold, it's really sulfury and doughy, and if you ferment it warm, it, it's more ale-like, and you gotta, you got to get kind of a warm lager temperature to make it make a decent uh, lager. So I don't know. I really don't have that much experience with it, uh, you know, uh, essentially zero, and just 
everything I've heard from other people. So uh, I don't know, you know, give it a try. But uh, I think again, don't don't try to overload one yeast to do one thing. You know, there's a whole these you know the, the yeast companies have all these different strains for a reason. And it's not that expensive for you to just go ahead and, uh, you know, buy a new package of yeast and, 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 you know, make the beer the way it should. Okay. Uh, Here was a good question because of the gravity of this beer. Would somebody use sugar to help get the fermentation down? Yeah, you you can. If you're having trouble getting this to attenuate, um, if you're using extract and it, it won't attenuate right, uh, definitely mix in some uh, simple sugar. Replace uh, some of your base malt extract with uh, just simple table sugar, and that'll help. You can go you know, 10%, 20%, and you're really not going to notice much of a flavor difference. It'll help dry it out. Uh, definitely the way to go. If you're an all-grain brewer, f- your first step is to lower your mash temp. The mash temp that I give works on my system, and maybe your system's dialed in a little differently and reports temperatures a little differently. You know, Try dropping 2 or 3 degrees and uh, seeing how that attenuates. Again, um, uh, no matter how fermentable the word is, if you don't have the right yeast, health population, you know, pitchable amount, oxygen, things like that, uh, it's not going to attenuate, so make sure you're taking good care of the yeast, and then uh, you know you can just mash temperature or add simple sugar. Okay. Uh, does this style of beer uh, serve well for oak aging? Uh, yeah, you know I think uh, I think any bigger beer does fairly well with oak aging, uh, and any sweeter beer does. And this is a tends to be a sweeter beer, like barley wines, uh, the Baltic Porter. Um, you know, there's some sweetness to it. And what the uh, oak aging does is it adds uh, uh, a touch of tannins to the beer. And that those tannins help to, with the balance and uh, the overall balance of the beer and can kind of uh, uh, handle some of that sweetness for you. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it can turn out pretty good. Okay. And then last, don't know if you've had it. Someone uh, wanted to know if you've had the uh, Olfabricken Porter, which is actually a Belgian beer company. And they make a mm. porter, and I think he had had it and wanted to know if he thought it was good to the style. So No, I don't think I have. What you need to do is uh, get a couple of bottles and send them to me. And then there you go. I will, I will definitely have had it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's it from the chat. It's all yours. Great. Thanks. All right. So uh, for extract brewers, you, again, you, you want an original gravity of 1089. You're going to have, uh, I've used a 38 using the regular formula, color of 28 SRM uh, using Mori. Uh, Munich liquid malt extract for extract brewer, uh, 8.9 pounds or 4 kilograms. Uh, Pilsner uh, liquid malt extract, uh, 5.3 pounds or 2.4 kilograms. Uh, your your uh, specialty grains, Crystal 60 Love, a half pound, 227 grams. Uh, Special B, uh, half pound, 227 grams. Craft a Special 2, uh, 6 ounces or 170 grams. Chocolate malt uh, at 350 Love, a uh, quarter pound or 113 grams. Uh, for an all-grain brewer, you're going to replace that Pilsner extract with uh, 7 pounds or 3.17 kilograms continental Pilsner malt, and the Munich extract with 12 pounds or 5.44 uh, kilograms uh, Munich malt mashed at 150 degrees Fahrenheit, 66 degrees C. You probably want to also increase the, the uh, pre-boil volume to allow you a 90-minute boil 
to bo- boil off the uh, SMM, uh, the DMS precursor in that beer. Uh, hopping, you're going to go with Lublin, uh, 3.5% alpha acid, uh, 60 minutes, 2.9 ounce or 82 grams. 82 grams, same hop, 15 minutes, 1 ounce, or 28 grams. Ferment it with the Y-East uh, White Labs, or the White White Labs WLP 885 Zurich Lager, or the uh, Y-East uh, 2206 Bavarian Lager Yeast. Uh, ferment around uh, 53 degrees Fahrenheit, or 12 degrees C, and uh, you're going to f- uh, carbonate that to 2 to 2.5 two volumes. Uh, make yourself a really nice uh, Baltic Porter. And drink. And <laughs> drink. Yes. That's my two cents. All right. All right. Good and, show. And if you, if you got a chance, get yourself over to the uh, thebrewnetwork.com, and I want you to donate. Uh, one time or recurring donations are available, and uh, this will help keep this, this programming that you're listening to alive. As little as a couple of bucks a month. Uh, and also, we're going to have the Brewing Network Anniversary Party, June 14th, downtown Woo-hoo! Joe's in yeah! Napa. Woo! We're all going to be there. Saturday, 5 o'clock, I'll be there. Come come see me. Come say hi. John, please say. Yeah. My Cajun brother will be there. I'm Tasty the McDole, Chad, uh, he'll be there. Justin will be there. Come down, have fun. Brew strong. Brew strong. 